Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Got your eye on this old cowboy And I can tell you never had one for your own Or you never been around one Now you're thinking that you found one Well, it might be kind of fun to take him home You giggle every time that I say yes, ma'am And I get this feeling if I held you tight You'd be seeing his and hers Buckles, boots, and spurs But that's the feeling you'll get over, over what you gonna do with a cowboy when that old rooster crows at dawn? When he's lying there instead, getting out of bed and putting on his boots and getting gone. What you gonna do when he says, honey, I got a half a mind to stay? What you gonna do with a cowboy when he don't saddle up and ride away? Takes a special kind of woman to put up with the life of cowboy leads. Cause his boots are always muddy and his beer drinking buddies. They'll camp out on your couch and never leave. Don't even start to think you're gonna change in. You'd be better off to try to rope the wind. <laughs> what he is is what you got, and he can't be what he's not. And honey, you can't hide him from your friends. So what you gonna do with a cowboy When that old rooster crows at dawn When he's lying there instead Of getting out of bed Putting on his boots and getting gone What you gonna do when he says Honey, I got a half a mind to stay What you gonna do with a cowboy When he don't saddle up and ride away yeah, what you gonna do with a cowboy when he don't saddle up and ride away? Well, good morning from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. We have rain. What have you got? We have sunshine. We have sunshine. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that was uh, What You Gonna Do With a Cowboy by Chris Ledoux and Garth Brooks. And a great way to kick off the show. But yeah, we've got mm-hmm. we've got pretty weather today, but this is you know, this is Tennessee. It changes from day to day. So it's gonna be in the sixties today and uh two days from now it'll be back in the forties and I think we have no nights where the temperature will be over freezing coming up. So oh, wow. we've had mm-hmm. we've actually had freeze warnings out for the last two nights because uh, our farmers here in Tennessee go ahead and put out some crops, uh, and they mm-hmm. shouldn't. I think they say you should wait until April the fifteenth to put things out. But uh, we've got strawberry farmers out here. Well, wow, wow. and. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, those strawberry plants, because we had 80-degree temperatures for a couple of days, we set record highs, 
They've been mm-hmm. out having to cover their strawberry plants because they were all in bloom. So I don't know what we're going to do about our strawberries. I guess we'll get them from mm-hmm. California, where we'll be <laughs> heading shortly. And that just brings us up to our first guest, who's joining us today on the show. Oh, one of our very favorites, and she's not been with us in a while, Trinity Seeley is standing by. All right, and then join us a little bit later will be who? Miska Padgett calling in from Arizona. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have a great time on the Campfire Cafe today talking with Trinity and with Miska. And then in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America, we'll be talking with a friend that has not been with us in a while either, and that's Phyllis Golden. And she is the owner of Los Cedros Ranch in Amarillo and the owner of Cowgirls and Cowboys of the West. So we have a great show lined up for everyone today for both the Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from Trinity Seeley. It's called Get Back On Again. It's from the album Camp to Camp. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Trinity today on the Campfire Cafe.
Welcome back to Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. If you are just joining us, that was Get Back On Again and Ride by today's guest, Trinity Seeley, from her album, Camp to Camp. Trinity Seeley grew up in the heart of cow country in British Columbia. A move to California inspired her love affair with the, the caraway, with humbling honesty and that honey-smooth voice. Trinity sings about loving cowboys and horses and living in the middle of nowhere. The purity of the songs she writes and sings are deep-rooted reflection of the ranching lifestyle she lives and loves. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe one of our favorite working cowgirls who knows everything there is to know about guitars, saddles, horses, and storytelling through her captivating music, Trinity Seeley. Welcome, Trinity. Thank you so much. What a treat it is to be back with you guys. I've missed hey, you. Hey, Trinity. Hey, Trinity. <laughs> Good to have you with us. Good to have you with us. You know, the first time I ever tried to reach out to you to be on the show, and I don't remember how many years ago it was, but it took us like two or three weeks to connect because you are a cowgirl, and you were out on the range somewhere with Jeff, and it took you that long <laughs> to get back in to return a phone call. <laughs> You know, well, uh, I you were in Montana, Wyoming, or somewhere. I'm not sure where you were. I, you know, I think we were in Nebraska, if I remember oh, okay. right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is on one of our 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 uh, visits here on your show, I, I remember getting a tetanus shot for <laughs> a staph infection that I'd gotten, and, and, and you were on the phone with me when I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. <laughs> oh gosh. And now you're now you're in now you're in California wrestling with rattlesnakes. I mean, what's the deal? Oh gosh. Well, well, they have rattlesnakes down here, the Pacific rattlers. And I'm here to tell you that that if I if I get bit just once in my lifetime, that is enough. So, um yeah, I I got to wrestle with a rattlesnake about now, what are we at here? It was last June, so we're, wow. we're about nine months rattlesnakes. But, um, you know, I'm waiting. My my boys have all told me I'm going to get some superpower from all that venom inside <laughs> me. I'm just waiting. I don't know. I don't know what it is yet. But, but oh gosh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, you've been a friend for a long time, and and we were just visiting a little bit before the show. And uh, and you've just had a daughter that's gotten married, and you've got a son that's getting ready to start college, and I can't believe time flies it, like it is. It does. It's it's absolutely unbelievable, and it really makes you kind of sit back and reflect on, on the seasons of life. And sometimes those seasons seem really long, just like a long, cold Montana winter, and other times they're like these fleeting rainstorms that we get, and... We wish we had more of them, and and they're gone before we know it. But yeah, I've got. Uh, it's been a big year. It's been a really big year for our family, and and going to have even more changes. And and um, luckily, the one thing that stays steady is music and and horses. Yeah. <laughs> my wife yeah. And, husband, so. and your husband. <laughs> Well, the yeah. aggravating thing to me is this. Okay, so you've got a daughter that got married. You've got a son getting ready to start college. I just had my first great-grandson 
You wow. don't ever change. You're as beautiful as ever. And I'm just getting <laughs> old. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. But, uh. Well, I appreciate that. I, I feel a little bit older every day, but, but uh, <laughs> I really appreciate that. But I'm getting older. Uh, I'm getting well, we are, all of us are, gratefully, gratefully. The, the alternative is not a good thing. Hey, I want to get to a song right now. This is the title cut from Camp to Camp. Uh, it's about time for you to do an album, a new album. But Yes, it is. Yeah. I, I have great news. I was supposed to record this month, but it looks like um, middle of June. I'll be, I'll be back in the studio. Um, a lot of new songs. Um, of course, it's been a few years since I've I've put one to to uh, the recording studio. But this, you know, this next album is is full of inspiration from the last few years and rattlesnake bites and, and everything else, and mostly mostly the horse. Mostly so the really horse. I'm excited about that. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Camp to Camp, and we're going to come back and talk more with Trinity Seeley in just a moment. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe heard around the world at equestrianlegacy.net on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcast, and more. Okay. 
track from her album Camp to Camp and she is our special guest today. We're so happy to have her back with us. Um, Trinity, you've been at the Thatcher School in Ojai um, and you've been the director of the horse program. Is That, that is still current, right? <laughs> That's right. I know listening to that song, it, it just reminded me of all the many camps that we, we've lived in and we are still here at the Thatcher School uh, running the horse program. It's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, would you just take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit about the program and then maybe, um, it has to have been somewhat impactful on you working with youth and horses. And you talk a little bit about that experience, personal experience. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's an amazing program. The school itself was founded in 1889 around the horse. Um, Sermon Day Thatcher believed that that there was something about the inside of a horse that was good for the outside of a boy. And, it, and back in 1889, it was an all-boys school. Uh, now there, we have 260 students. It's a boarding school, so they all live here on campus, and they're coming from many different states and in different countries and from different backgrounds. And the one common thread and experience that they all get to, to go through is the horse program. So their very first day here at Thatcher, they come out to the barn, put on a pair of boots and they get on a horse. <laughs> and, and it's amazing. They're, they're assigned a horse that first day and their whole ninth grade freshman year, they are responsible to take care of their horse, to feed, to muck, to groom, and then we ride five days a week. And even, you know, the kids that come in with zero experience, it doesn't take long at all. Mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to just, you look at these kids now, we're three quarters of the way through the year, and, and you'd never know that they weren't born on the back of a horse. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing program in so many ways. The schools referenced it. A lot is their character development program. Um, you know, I, I watch the relationships that these these kids make with their horse and their classmates and their instructors. And it really, for me, going through this program, I, I graduated from Thatcher back in 99. So to be back here in this capacity, to have my kids here and my husband working alongside me means so much. And, you know, just gives me a whole new perspective on on what this program is and what it means 
in a broader sense, and it's definitely about relationships. You know, they, they're naturally going to learn time management skills and how to do hard mm-hmm. things and to get back on again and ride and all the, you know, all those great life lessons that sports teaches us. But it's, you know, it's been really amazing for me to make these connections in such a way and in the respect that, that I have for the horse has grown, grown tremendously. You know, they're just mm-hmm. amazing. And one of my, my very favorite experiences was, we were about three weeks into a into the school year. This was several years ago now, and one of our our boys stopped me and he said, "He said, Mrs. Seeley, why do they let us do this?" And I thought, <laughs> "You just graduated from the horse program because you're absolutely right. What a gift and a blessing the horse is, and all that they have to offer in so many different ways. Everybody's going to have a different experience." From the horse, but it's, it's yeah. going to be a possible one. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just think mm-hmm. it's so cool that that you went to Thatcher, graduated from Thatcher, and and now your kids have been going to Thatcher, and it's just kind of come full circle for you. Yeah, that it just has. has to be so special. It is, and and I'll tell you. There's no way that we could have planned this all out. I mean, things have just happened to set our course for us to be back here. And all the experiences that we've had on these ranches and working with livestock and mostly working together has really made it possible for us to step in to this role and to share share the history and the culture of the cowboy in, in the Western world and and all the wonderful things that you know are are uh, maybe not as well known to to a lot of our our younger generation. So grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the life that we've lived and and the camp to camp. You know, all, all those, <laughs> those have definitely lent to to what we're doing now. It's absolutely amazing. Oh wow, wow. Well, I think that's pretty special. And, uh, and and those memories that you made and now you're able to share with your family, you know, it's it's just a, a very special thing. I want to get to another song, and this is from the album Camp to Camp, and it's called Montana Wind. Anything you'd like to tell us about this? Oh, I'll probably start bawling once it, <laughs> once it comes on. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, we, we miss Montana every day and I think that there's a you know there's a part of that wonderful state that will always be our home and and um I was playing my guitar that's been my my therapy my hand therapy for my snake bite and <laughs> sitting out on the porch thinking I was alone and and I turned around and my boys my younger boys were sitting on the porch behind me and and just you know quiet and listening and and Sam he said Oh, feels like we're in Montana again, <laughs> and I, oh, wow. you know, I thought, oh wow, and and I said, well, do you guys miss Montana? And Tap, who's 13 now, which is crazy, he said, yeah, wow. yeah I miss Montana in August. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> in the you know the prime prime time of the of the year, but we we love Montana, <clears throat> and talking about these seasons of life, you know, it's. I, I think all the time about what March is like in Montana, and, and usually it's been such a long, cold winter, yeah. and you're so ready, 
you're so ready for that new life and and that summer that you you know you've you put all that time into making it through winter to be able to enjoy and and that's what this song's about those chinook winds would come in and blow that that snow mm-hmm. off and, and kind of blow in that new season and and that's you know i think that's probably what's happening right now in montana i hope anyway because i know they've had a, a really hard winter <laughs> they've had a rough mm-hmm. winter out there well let's listen to montana wind we'll come back and talk more with our good friend miss trinity seedley in a moment guest today on Campfire Cafe. When we talked the other day, I think you were wading through the water and the mud cleaning stalls. Oh. <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a pretty typical day. 
I, I think, I think. So uh, So tell us a little bit about what you do with the kids at Thatcher School. Are they on break right now? I know they're in, on spring break in, uh, here in Nashville. When do they take spring break they out there? They are. Yeah, they're on their their last little bit of spring break. So they'll call, they'll come back on Sunday and and uh, these kids work hard. They they have a very rigorous academic schedule. Um, if they're not riding a horse, they're you know we've got everything from rock climbing to your interscholastic sports, and and they're very very impressive impressive kids. So I yeah, they, to answer your question, what we're doing. Um, with these kids in the afternoon, we've got 130 horses. Wow! And wow. It, it, it is, and and to see them all out there riding together is, you know, it just kind of makes you stop and and um, marvel at what is happening before your eyes. So they they uh, they wake up and they come out and and feed and take care of their horse, and then they go to classes. All day they they get done with classes a little after three, and then we see all the the freshmen come back for their afternoon riding. And right now we've got about 38 upper riders. There are upperclassmen that are also back to ride, and and they're you know they get to be pretty advanced riders. So right now we've got we've got a group of them that have been a part of a a horse starting horse training program with Jeff, and that's wow. been fun to watch. They've been um, training these two and three year old geldings that we bought this past summer, and and they're doing a fantastic job bringing them along. And we've got others that well, this the spring season is our our gym canna season, so we'll do everything from barrel racing to working cows to ranch riding. Um, one of the the really cool traditions that they do, they have a race called the Silver Dollar Pickup. And What's that? The way it happened here in Ojai is they started with an orange. And if you could, you had to be at a gallop and you have to, you have to maintain that gallop, lope around that, that orange and swoop down off your horse and pick it up. Oh, so, oh wow. Of course, you know, it, that wasn't hard enough. So they, they started this tradition, gosh, a hundred years ago of placing a silver dollar on the ground and and these kids will will run down there you know let go of the reins grab the horse the horn and lean off their horse and, and just swoop their own down there and pick that silver dollar off the ground it's i hope incredible. that silver dollar is on its edge and not flat I, you know it jeez it's, wow. it's flat it's a, it's a oh, very wow. high arm. of course not all of them are able to do it, but we've got a, you know, we we keep track of of who has picked up that silver dollar. A lot of the kids will have belt buckles made out of their silver oh. dollar. And oh wow, oh. that's special. Yeah, that's yeah. special. That is special. Wow, wow, wow. Well, if I can remember correctly, now the the freshmen are required to take the horsemanship course, but then after that, isn't that like an option for them? It is. Yep, it's optional. Um, and, you know, hats off to these kids that are coming back because, you know, to take care of a horse is, is a lot of work and takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment. And, uh, you know, it just really impresses me every day to see 
see the kids that do come back, it's not just about them going out and winning, picking up a silver dollar. They want to be they want to be good examples and, and good leaders to in, to these younger kids. They've really caught on to the you know to the horse training aspect of it to the stockmanship. Um, we we worked with a group of kids last year that wanted to learn how to ranch rope and and um, kind of the culminating event of that season was one of the kids had grown up on a on a ranch just north of here and we were able to take them all up there and and they branded as family calves so you know it, oh, was, wow. it was really really a, a neat experience for them to learn these skills that that uh you know maybe they won't go on and cowboy the rest of their lives but i bet they never forget that branding <laughs> so. i bet they never forget that well have you have you been doing this long enough yet uh, to have seen any people, any any of the students decide to go ahead and make a career out of horses? You know, we're on, this is our fourth year, and it's kind of a, a sad year for us, the, the students that have really dedicated themselves and worked hard, the senior class, to see them go on graduate. and, and uh, graduate. And, you know, we yeah. did, the last couple of years, we've had students that have gone on and worked for ranches in the summer. But a lot of these kids are going on, pursuing an education at some pretty top-notch schools, and and um, that's where where their focus is. But I have no doubt. You know, we do have have some students that are are in different equestrian or or riding programs at these schools, and it's fun to watch them. You know, be really confident in what they've learned and, and accomplished here while while they've been here at Thatcher. Yeah, I'm well, really proud of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to get to another song. And uh, I, I, this is one that I just think is a beautiful, beautiful song. I don't think that I've played this on the show before. It's Guitars to Saddles. Tell us oh. about this song. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you have either. Um, gosh, you know, this, this song for me, when I wrote it, you know, being in a, a position where I was, I'm a ranch wife and I'm raising yeah. a family and, and then you're on stage, you know, again, just, just all the ways that, that music for me has kind of brought everything together, but nothing beats the back of, back of a horse and sitting in that saddle. So, yeah, pretty special. It is a pretty special song, and uh, we're going to share that right now. It's called Guitars to Saddles. We're talking with Trinity Seeley today on the Campfire Cafe.
And you have the California Rodeo Salinas next weekend. I do. I do. That's right around the corner. <laughs> so a lot yeah. a lot to look forward to and and um just to share share good music and stories and and uh talk about the wonderful animal the horse. There you go. There you go. Well, we I said one time that we'd have to have you back just to talk about horses one time. So we'll have to do that. We we love visiting and talking about horses, but we love the music and we sure love yours. And you have been great, great, great guest today. And we're going to close this segment with another great song called When They Ride. And uh, when you get the new album done, please send us a copy and let us know. And we'll have you back on the show again. And it won't be as long. I don't know. It, I don't know how long it's been, but it just seems like it's been too long since you're on the show. It feels 29. that way, and, and I will for sure share that that with you as soon as it gets done. All right. All right. Look forward to having you back. All right. Well, this is When They Ride. It's Trinity Seeley, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network.
With a career as a large animal veterinarian and a lifetime of experience as a horsewoman, our next guest, Miska Pageant, brings a unique perspective to her cowgirl poetry, ranging from whimsical and somewhat silly to heartfelt. Her poetry often takes twists and turns that are rather unexpected and may have you chuckling or swallowing hard with a knot in your throat. She writes about what she knows and loves, animals, her husband, and the Western way of life. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe a woman who knows her way around camels, goats, dogs, horses, and brings her experience to life through the spoken word, winner of the IWMA 2022 Poetry CD of the Year, The Best Horses in Heaven, They Have No Tail, Miska Pageant. Welcome, Miska. Ah, uh, thank you. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Gary. Hey, Miska. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have <laughs> you on today. And uh, thank you. let's see, the last time that we talked, I'm not sure. I don't think the weather was too good, and yeah. I believe your husband was going after a truck. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the snow melted, so that's good. And I got my vet truck. I'm actually back on the road again, thank goodness, All because right. that was a two-month hiatus, working out of a really old ranch truck with no water, no refrigerator, no room to have everything I needed. Oh, it was a disaster. So oh he drove gosh. all the way to Iowa. Um, oh, wow. With, um, yes. Oh, bless his heart. With our, the brand new truck that we got, it's a long story, um, which I don't want to take up the whole show talking about it, but, but he drove <laughs> all the way to Lake City, Iowa, and got a new vet box for my new truck and drove all the way back, and he did that um, just two weeks ago, and I don't oh, know wow. how he avoided no storms, no ice, no nothing. Um, I think that the good Lord was watching over us. <laughs> Apparently and, um, so. And now, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and now I'm back to work, and, it, and yeah, it was, it was like it, my truck broke in the middle of January and it took that mm-hmm. long to get everything sorted out. It was a nightmare. So it was to say, I'm back on the road. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you know, as a horse guy, we can't do without our vets or our farriers. And so I'm glad no, you're back out on the road, you know, that's, I, know. That's so cool. I know. And so keep cool. my clients were, they were so forgiving and so kind and I you know I'm usually extremely well organized and I just was not I got all the way out to a a little Paulden, which is about 45 minutes away from me and I was ready to inject a horse's hocks and I had everything I thought I needed Um, and thank goodness I hadn't sedated the Marriott because I didn't have any sterile gloves oh no So oh, it was it was that kind of crazy making that just I just kept laughing. I, I just kept telling myself, "There's a good poem in here. There, there's got to be a good poem." Yeah. In here. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I've got to ask. I've got to ask. So, how did you go from being a vet to yes. suddenly becoming a cow? I'm going to call you a cowgirl poet. How did you become a cowgirl? Well, that's poet? fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I did. It wasn't a sudden transition. I just came out. <laughs> so okay. I've been writing forever. <laughs> that sounded kind I've of been funny writing there, Miska, but since that's okay. I was 
since I was really little. Um, and, um, and in fact, my mom saved some of my poems from, I mean, gosh, when I was maybe nine, 10. Um, and I've always written. In fact, I have a huge binder of poetry. Um, so there's so many I still haven't shared with everybody. Um, but wow. it was, um, it was, it was kind of, um, happenstance. Like I, I always, have been, um, I've always written um, about, you know, West, the Western way of life, because that's what I live, and and um, I'm very passionate about m- my animals and other people's animals, and um, so they inspire me to write about them quite a bit, um, but when we went to the Arizona Cowboy Poets Gathering in 2019, which was when Trinity Seeley was last there, I got my experience with cowboy poetry for the first time. I had not Uh been to a gathering before then, even though I had been writing this poetry for years. And I went to the Thursday night show, um, Trinity sang, and Valerie Valerie Beard was there, and Floyd, and, you know, just all these great artists. And I felt like I had come home. I, I looked at my husband, and I was like, this is this is how I can share what I write. And he just said, yeah, miss, you sh- we should come back and come to the day session. So we did. And by just by serendipity, there was a invitation only audition session there um, that wow. I saw on the list of things. And I told Keith, I said, let's go watch this because I want to see what you have to do to to mm. maybe get to share your poetry in this venue someday. And so we went and we sat and we watched. And I ended up talking to Liz Graham, who is um, one of the people on the Talent Selection Committee at Arizona Cowboy Poets. And she actually kind of convinced me to share one of my poems. Um, and I at first declined. Um, I certainly was not dressed the part. I was wearing a sundress and sandals, and I certainly did not look like a cowboy poet. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, no, if I'm going to do this, I want to do this legitimately and not be scoffed at. And I just felt like I didn't have my poetry super well memorized. I wasn't prepared. I'd, I'd shared my poetry with friends and family, like at barbecues and stuff, just small right, things, right, but never right. really in an audition. But they talked me into it. And I did. I shared for the talent selection committee, um, un, you know, without any intention of doing that. And I kind of had to glance at my phone. I had one poem, "The Best Horses in Heaven They Have No Tail." That that poem had gone viral on Facebook, so it was, I could find it, you know. And so I read it, kind of half read, half performed it. And when I got done with the poem, I looked up from my phone at um, the folks in the room. They're all looking at me like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, uh-oh. And, and they said, do you have another one? So I did. I recited another one. And then I told a story. And Mr. Buchanan asked me. He's the, been, you know, on the chair and the board for years. I mean, he's been, he's kind of the, the papa of the gathering. He asked me to sit down next to him at the table he was sitting at. And I was like, okay. So I went and sat down. And he said, we unanimously would like to invite you to next year's gathering to perform. Oh, wow. So that's wow. how I got into actually publicly sharing <laughs> my wow. poetry. And it was with my husband's encouragement and just serendipity because, um, you know, I I have always enjoyed writing but never really thought I was good enough to share it publicly. 
Um, and that was an eye opener for me. So wow. it just took off from there. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was meant well, to be. we're going we're going to share a poem right now. And since you are a vet, this is called to be a vet. And we're oh, going yeah. to come back and talk <laughs> with Miss Capadget in just a moment. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. It seemed so simple back in 98. As I clutched my diploma and glowed down the aisle, things were going great. Full of ambition and full of dreams, the world was to be tackled, or so it seemed. But as I worked and as I learned and as I made my way, it seemed pretty apparent that this degree I had earned had changed me on that day. To be a vet isn't all that I had dreamed it would be. I've had my share of dirty work and late night misery. I've had the cold and windy days, the cases that just don't go my way, the nagging clients and never ending phone calls. They're not my cup of tea. I've had to put down a little girl's best friend and watch her tear-stained face as her papa explained why her pony's end had to be just before the barrel race. I've watched a baby foal fade and pass away after 11 months and 11 days of excitement for that very day. For his dam to work so hard to make him exquisitely perfect, to get so far as to bring him into this world, to help him to be alive and then to lose him for no other reason than he simply failed to survive. To be a vet is long days and long nights and being dirty most of the time. It's a 2 a.m. lambing, a 4 a.m. colic, a 6 a.m. shower, an 8 a.m. dental float, and a 10 a.m. sick goat, an abscess to lance at noon. Oh, my goodness, it's 1 o'clock. I have three camels to vaccinate at 2. I got time for lunch. I haven't eaten yet this afternoon. (laughs) Cookies at Christmas and bottles of wine. Those roll in most of the time. And hugs from your clients who have become more than friends along the way, and kisses from alpacas. (laughs) Those actually make my day. It's speaking at a goat show, even if you really don't know much about the topic at task and praying that you can answer the questions that the eager crowd may ask. It's watching the Phillips girls grow up way past their teens, from being toothless little pixies and ribbons and curls to galloping flag runs as rodeo queens. And if that's not enough, it's watching a foal that you pulled out of her mare grow up and do amazing things like winning a race or taking first place at the fair. That really makes my vet heart sing. To be a vet in this small, fickle town, well, let's just say it took some time to earn their trust and not be talked down by those cowboys I now keep in line. 
to have the faith of my neighbors, who are truly more than friends, far to me, the best gift there could be that this vet and business could lend. If asked if I'd do it all over again, well, you bet. All that caught in the rain, my work is in vain. Goodness, this gal is a pain. The hopes and the praise, the I know I can do this. I'll come up with a way. There's absolutely no job better than to be a vet. Oh, that's great. That is great. Thank be you. a vet. Ms. Capadge. <laughs> yep. Wow. So what was uh Ms. what's the most unusual animal that you've ever worked on? Oh my goodness. Regularly, the camels. I used to tend to Oasis Camel Dairy when I lived out there in Ramona, California, and wow. um, they, you know, they they're just they were just so different behaviorally than any animal I'd ever worked on. Uh, but I, I I truly just fell in love with them uh, and uh, had a great time tending to to um, all those camels out there. I learned a lot. I did get a chance once uh, when I was in San Diego County to tend to an okapi. Do you guys know what an okapi is? What is that? No. No. So okapi, they are, and you got to look them up online, they are a rainforest creature. They look like a cross between a zebra and a giraffe and something else. I don't know. And they... um, they have the most velvety, soft coats. They're, they're beautiful, quiet animals. Um, and they have an okapi herd at the safari park in uh, San Diego. And, um, and I got called in to consult on an okapi who was having some issues with one of her feet. And oh, wow. um, that, for me, was a really interesting experience because I had thought – a long time ago that maybe I wanted to be a zoo vet. And then when I went off to vet school and I realized, oh my goodness, I, horses are natural for me. Why the heck am I trying to be a zoo vet? <laughs> this is easy. I have a leg up on this. <laughs> and um, so I decided that being a zoo vet probably wasn't for me, but, but the way that um, the, the hospital there at the safari park in San Diego, the way that the vet hospital is so well organized. And I mean, when they have to, to anesthetize an animal for anything, if it's having a health issue, they do everything else. They're drawing blood, they're ultrasounding them to see if maybe if it's a, if it's a female, if it's, if it's pregnant. I mean, it's, it's an amazing process and everybody there has an assignment uh, and it just runs like a well-oiled machine. It was an absolutely amazing experience to get to be a part of that. So it, oh, wow. it fed that little bug that I had when I was um, pre-vet. <laughs> wow. wow. So I have a grandson-in-law who is a zoologist, so I will have to ask cool. him if he's ever dealt with one of those. Well, I want yeah, to get to the uh, to the title poem from the album, The Best Horses in Heaven have no tails. Uh, let's take a listen to that and uh, come back and talk more with Miska in just a moment. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe. The best horses in heaven, they have no tail. This is a rule they all know without fail. For when a new horse arrives with a short cut bob, 
everyone knows that this horse did a very good job. His owner couldn't bear to part with her friend, so she saved his tail, wrapped in ribbons and braids, to hold with his memory in a very loving way. To enter heaven without a tail, it's an honor, a message that without fail announces to everyone far and wide that this horse was more than a wonderful ride. No, this horse was loved and cherished by one. And when his time serving here on earth was done, he left behind a broken heart and a soul from which he never will part. Wow. Wow. So, uh, uh, Bobby, I have a friend, and you know her. She's been on the show before, Tisha Hedden. And mm-hmm. uh, and Miska, Tisha has started started uh, taking horsehair uh, and mm-hmm. and turning it into braided all kinds of things for people that have lost Perfect. their horses. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's something that I wish that I had done with uh, a couple of mine that were favorite horses. And uh, yeah, it's a you know, it's a nice way to remember them. You know, it yeah, just is. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And you lost one. Your wasn't it your oh. white horse? My white horse. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was my heart. Yes. And you know what? I I I feel so embarrassed to admit this, but I didn't take his tail. I'm such a hypocrite. He had <laughs> he had <laughs> And he had the most beautiful tail, and I should have taken a little bit of it, but he was so proud of it, and I thought, well, everybody up there in heaven, they're already going to know that he's amazing. They just have to look at him. And yeah. But I, you know what I took? You know, I, and I have it. I, my husband, oh, my gosh, when we had to put him down, we were both just – we were beside ourselves. That horse was my, my life and my heart. We did so many amazing things together. And we put him down, and he was always so clean and white and, and perfect. He was just perfect. And I looked at my husband, and I was like, I, what are we going to do with him? We can't bury him. It's going to get him dirty. Oh, no. <laughs> and so we, we, we got him cremated, and I have him actually right here next to me. I have him in a box that has a nice Texas star on it. And what oh, I took goodness. when he passed away was that little – chunk of his mane that would fly up when he would gallop really 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 fast in a rodeo and um, uh, so I have that that is the yeah. that is my best memory of him so it was a compromise <laughs> well he was yeah. a beautiful yep, horse yep. I've seen I've seen photographs of him and he was absolutely oh, a beautiful man. horse and you know he when we lose those special uh, horses or even dogs or cats uh, it, it leaves a hole in our heart, and uh, and, oh, yeah. and I know for me that there are one or two that just will always their memory will always stay with me. And, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, they're in your heart. Yeah. They're in your heart. Mm-hmm. They're in your heart. Yep. So it was quite an honor to receive the award that you did at the IWMA oh, back in November, and uh, really? and yeah. I'm wow, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have uh, another album in the works. I do, I do, and um, I am, uh, I'm probably going to release it after January, because the year has just gone on and on, and I'd rather, for strategy reasons, release it after January, um, but it, 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 and it's, 
it's it's made, but it hasn't been recorded. So all the everything's written. Um, and um, this one is gonna it's gonna have a mix of things. Just like, it'll have some vet poems on it. Um, there there certainly is a poem about my Max. Um, there are some funny ones on there. Um, I I have a finally have a mule poem, so that <laughs> that will be good. Um, <laughs> Nothing about javelinas on this one, okay. um, but it, it yeah, <laughs> I left them out of it, even though they haunt our ranch every day. Um, okay. But it, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it, and um, and I I just finished uh, uh, doing uh, a little children's book that's based on one of my poems too, and I did oh, wow. the illustrations for it as as well. It's called The Rhythm of the Ranch. Um, and, uh, this poem is, um, one that I wrote a really long time ago and it just kind of been lingering there. And I have had kind of been a little twisted about how I share it because it doesn't really fit on a cowboy poetry CD. I mean, certainly it's about a ranch, but it's a little bit more for younger audiences. So I decided to turn it into a children's book. And um, and I sat on it for a while because I wanted somebody to illustrate it for me, and I finally just decided to do it on my own. And it oh, was wow. super fun, but it took me took me a year. <laughs> wow! Just because I had to do it in my spare time, um, but it's yeah, it, it's fun. And I so it's it's at the publishers right now. I, I, I submitted it, and I'm waiting to hear if they are going to take it up. Um, and if they don't, then I'll go ahead and self-publish. But I thought I'd give it a try and see oh. if somebody big will take it up for me. So multi, multi-talented young lady, multi-talented young lady. Well, for our... well, I have to do something in my spare time that keeps me out of trouble, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know too many vets that have a lot of spare time. I'm telling you, no, what. I not used really. to call mine at all hours no. of the night. But uh, yes, so... and in fact, I. I I'm late to my calls um, sometimes because I'll pull over to the side of the road because I'll be writing a poem. So sometimes oh, I wow. make myself late. <laughs> wow, wow. You and Baxter Black. But uh, oh, anyway. Little Baxter. Yeah. 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 Well, tell folks how they can get hold of your album. And uh, uh, you have a website and, any, and social media Thank that you. they can follow you on. Yeah, for sure. Um, for uh, the website is cowgirlvetpoet.com. Pretty easy to remember, and they can um, certainly uh, purchase, uh, download um, the album there. Um, if they'd like a, if they'd like a copy of the album to hold on to, if they still have a CD player, um, then they certainly can reach out to me um, uh, at cowgirlvetpoet at outlook.com, and I'll mail one to them. Um, and right. then I'm on Facebook, Miska um, Paget. I don't have a uh, – it's just my own private page, but they certainly are more than welcome to join along with my escapades as a <laughs> vet. <laughs> uh, gosh. Things I get myself into. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you are so much fun to visit with, Thank and uh, we look Thank forward you. to having you come back and join us again. So it's been great, to, great to visit with you. And we're going to close out this segment with uh, another poem that you've done called At the Gate. Anything that you'd like to tell us about that? Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's, I was on a professional rodeo drill team um, called the Rainbow Riders. 
And um, my husband was horrified when I actually, uh, I tried out for the team and he didn't think I'd make it, but I made it on the team, performance lineup, speed spot. <laughs> and he was horrified wow. by that. But I had a blast um, being uh, in that group of gals and, um, and it is certainly one of the feathers in my cap and me uh, memories that I will hold on to forever. And that was inspired by my experience being on that drill team with my wonderful horse, Max. All right. Well, let's take a listen to At the Gate. Be sure and visit her website and uh, go ahead and friend her on Facebook and check her out yes. there, Miska Padgett. And uh, you have been great. Look forward to having Thank you back you. with us, Miska. Thank you right, so, much, so much, you guys, for including me. Right. Thank you. Right. This is At The Gate. We'll be back. There's cowboys out back, loping circles and throwing loops. The rough stocks pinned up, saddle broncs being loaded in chutes. The sheep are boxed in a small, separate pen, bond and ready for mutton busting to begin. The buttery smell of popcorn floats through the air. Rodeo queen primps coils of honey curls in her hair. A calm, solid tension can be felt at the gate. We're 10 minutes out. Don't want to start late. The arena ground has been worked soft, moist, and deep, so no cowboys get hurt when they don't land on their feet. Chris Ledoux sings his heart out over stadium seats as the crowd shuffles in, carrying sodas and treats. I check on the time. We're five minutes out. Flag horses, ears perked, heads up in line. They know what this is about. It's time for our rodeo this great American tradition. And no matter where you go, in our beautiful nation, always starts the same with the anthem and a prayer. And words of honor for soldiers who are no longer there. Split second fast pops open the gate and my white horse, well, he hardly can wait. To gallop in old glory, he carries so proud to celebrate America with our hometown crowd. Well, it's time now for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We'll be right back with our very special guest today, Miss Phyllis Golden of Cowgirls and Cowboys of the West. You're listening to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Well, there's always been groups of people that never could see eye to eye. But I always thought if they ever had a chance to sit down and talk face to face, they might realize they got a lot in common. Well, I was sitting in a coffee shop just having a cup to pass the time, swapping rodeo stories with this old cowboy friend of mine. When some motorcycle riders started snickering in the back, 
and started poking fun at my friend's hat. And one old boy said, hey, Tex, where'd you park your horse? A friend just pulled his hat down low, but they couldn't be ignored. One husky fella said, I think I'll rip that hat right off your head. That's when my friend turned around, and this is what he said. You ride a black tornado across the western sky. Rope an old blue norther and milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi, and it's ears down flat. Long before you take this cowboy's hat. Partner, this old hat's better left alone. See, it used to be my daddy's. But last year he passed on. My nephew skinned the rattler that makes up this old hat band. But back in 69 he died in Vietnam. Now the eagle feather was given to me by an Indian friend of mine. But someone ran him down somewhere around that Arizona line. And a real special lady gave me this hat pin. But I don't know if I'll ever see her again. You ride a black tornado across the western sky. Rope an old blue norther and milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi. Long before you take this cowboy's hat Now if your leather jacket means to you what this hat means to me Then I guess we understand each other and we'll just let it be But if you still think it's funny Man, you got my back up against the wall And if you touch my hat, you're gonna have to fight us all Right then I caught a little sadness in that gang leader's eyes And he turned back to the others And they all just kind of shuffled on outside But when my friend turned back towards me I noticed his old hat brim Well it was turned up in a big old Texas grin You ride a black tornado Across the western sky Rope an old blue norther and milk it till it's dry. Bulldog the Mississippi and it's ears down flat. Long before you take this cowboy's hat. Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. And from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. And we're going to welcome back to the show an old friend who hasn't been with us for a while, and that's Phyllis Golden. Hey, Phyllis, how are you? I am great. How are you, Gary? Good, 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 good. We are so excited to have you join us today. 
And um, you are the owner of Cowgirls and Cowboys of the West and Los Cedros Ranch. So we're going to talk a lot about that. But you're you're kind of an expert on everything uh, Amarillo and Paladuro Canyon and, and that whole area out there, aren't you? Well, I would not consider myself an expert, but I have uh, lived here for a while, and I do know the history of the area, and uh, I have the good fortune of being able to share that with people from all over the world on a regular basis. All right. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about cowgirls and cowboys of the West. And uh, and how long ago did you start that, and, and what is it? Gosh, this is our 12th year, Gary. Um, it, Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West is a Western heritage tourism company. Uh, we do various things. One of our uh, things that we really enjoy is we do Western events such as chuck wagon cooking, and we bring all of our horses out and talk about the history of Paladuro Canyon, which is located here in Amarillo. Uh, it is our nation's second largest canyon, second only to the Grand Canyon. And we also do horseback riding events or excursions on our 1,000-acre ranch that overlooks Paladuro Canyon. Well, that is, and I'm just going to mention this now. And, Bobby, you just jump in whenever, okay, because Bobby Bell is our co-host, and and uh, uh, she likes to ride her briar horse around the living room sometime, I think. Don't you, Bobby? Yeah, my stick, my stick pony, yeah. <laughs> Your stick pony. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Bobby. How are you doing today? Yeah. I'm doing but, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want to mention right quickly, uh, Mary Kay and I have formed a company. It's a, I call it a leisure company. Uh, it is a company where we take a limited number of people out uh, different locations around the country that are very special. And our first venture is going to be to Amarillo and Canyon, Texas, and to Phyllis's Ranch the first weekend in October. And uh, so one of the cool things that we're going to do is we're going to go on that trail ride around the rim of the Palo Duro Canyon and enjoy one of her chuck wagon events. But um, that's going to be so cool. And we've already got people that are saying, okay, we've signed up. We're coming on board. And uh, and they're looking forward to that whole experience out there. But uh, And, Gary, the, we are – I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but we are so excited to have you. That is our favorite thing is – sharing the Western way of life with people who do not necessarily have the opportunity to live it on a daily basis. So thank you for everything that you and Bobby and Mary Kay do to continue to put in the forefront the incredible benefits and glory of the Western way of life. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Bobby. Bobby is uh, Bobby is is it Connecticut? 
Did you come from Connecticut, California, from California to Albuquerque? Yeah, yeah, Connecticut yeah. was one of the places that we lived. Yes, Connecticut to yeah. California so and now to Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah. So she's a she's a girl from the east who loved the west, and and she is a real advocate of all things western, and. Uh, yes. Uh, and we're tickled to have her as part of the show, I think, now for eight years. I believe eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep, eight years. Yeah. Time time, <laughs> time goes by. But, uh, hey, but Gary, for our... Hmm? I wanted to let you know, too, not only, I mean, it's it's been wonderful listening to the music and listening to the Cowgirl Vet and, of course, hearing so much about that. But one of the things that's very unique about our company, Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West, is, um, and we are number one on TripAdvisor, by the way, for all Amarillo activities, and we were just rated number 14 in the state of Texas for all of their attractions and activities. So we are just a little old ranch in Texas, and we are out there with the Alamo and, and different places, so it, it was really an honor. That but is impressive. I know that this is your honoring women of the West uh, right now, and mm-hmm. our ranch, mm-hmm. all of our Wranglers and everything we do at the ranch is done by women. We have no men who are Wranglers or we have one little ranch hand that comes every now and then to do some heavy lifting for us. But everything is run by women, thus the name Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West. Yeah. Well, well, you know, Love that. If, it, if, it, if it weren't for the women of the West, uh, the men wouldn't have accomplished very much because we just kind of. <laughs> You know, we kind of roll along, and the women keep us on track. But for for ranching women, and uh, and we have some great guests still coming in the rest of the month of March. But uh, if it, if it weren't for the women, I just don't think the men would accomplish much. Just I, I hate to say that, but just to be honest, I think so. <laughs> How gracious so. we are to be quiet, huh, Bobby? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for our audience, for our audience around the world, and for folks that uh, may not be familiar with Palo Duro Canyon and all of the history there, give us a little bit of yes. background about that. Well, uh, very similar to um, the Grand Canyon, Palo Duro Canyon is millions of years old. It was um, the home of prehistoric men who hunted woolly woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. But more recently, it has been the uh, sacred home of the Native American Indians. Uh, We are located in um, a 120-mile crevice outside of Amarillo, Texas, it um, It is an amazing uh, formation, but we, as I said, are the second largest canyon in the nation, and we are a Texas state park. 
we are not a national park. The state of Texas decided they wanted to keep that to themselves. Mm. And uh, every now and then when the government decides to shut down and they can't get along, uh, Paladero Canyon, being a Texas state park, never closes. Wow. So uh, we are our own uh, master out here, as, you know, Texas is professed to be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, it was the mo- more recently, it was the last free home of the most powerful Indian tribe in American history. And, uh, Gary, you know this, but for your listeners, I will just remind them that this was the um, home of the Comanche Indians. And the Comanche Indians were the last man standing in the south. The southern United States and the Sioux were the last man standing in the northern part of the United States insofar as American Native American Indians are concerned. And they were the bad boys of the West. Um, I think so. And this was their and, sacred home. And they were amazing horsemen. <clears throat> well, um, they were not only amazing horsemen. History books say that they were the world's greatest horsemen and mm-hmm. horsewomen. The mm-hmm. women were as good as the men. So, you know, when we bring people out to the ranch and we teach them how to ride our beautiful American quarter horses, of which many are sons and grandsons of Hall of Fame quarter horses, we tell them there's no pressure to ride like the world's greatest horsemen and horsewomen, but they really do need to step it up. So, uh, but, <laughs> you know, so that's kind of our heritage, and of course, uh, this was this area was the um, uh, no man's land, the last place for the uh, the white man to set his feet, and uh, it, there's a great great Western heritage here. It's the home of the. Um, uh, Quarter Horse uh, Association, the National Quarter Horse Association, the Big Texan Stake Ranch, Paladuro Canyon, and the world's largest museum of Texas history in the world, uh, Panhandle Plains Historical Museum. So there's many things out here that uh, keep us in the forefront of the Western way of life. Well, if I'm not mistaken, uh didn't a fellow named Quanta Parker kind of hang out there for a while? Well, he was the last war chief of the Comanche Indians. And, um, yes, sir, he did, as did Charles Goodnight and, and many other famous um, men of the West and women. Well, I think I think the history of the area is something that's going to be fascinating. I know that we when we bring out folks for uh, Nash West Adventures, the first day that we're there, we're going to go to the uh, Panhandle Plains Museum and tour it, uh, as well as uh, a winery and uh, uh, and then there's so many things to just see in the area. Route 66 is there and. And Cadillac Ranch is kind of famous. Uh, some areas right. out through there, and um, exactly. so it, it's it's going to be a whole lot of fun. 
but to learn the history of the area is going to be amazing. I want to take a quick break and take a listen to a song by Mr. Alan Chapman. And uh, I don't know if you've heard this or not, Phyllis. It's called Quanah's Ghost. And we'll be right back in just a moment on Saddle Up America. The ghost of Quanah Parker is restless tonight. He searches for Natada, his mother Cynthia Ann. He drifts through Pease River like smoke on the wind, where he is lord of the plains once again. Ohada ruled the prairie for over 200 years, when buffalo herds reached from sky to sky. They fought astride their ponies by the light of the moon. Even the Apache feared the Comanche cry. Where is the land of my youth, one farmer asked, where the eagle used to rise up high above? What is this wire that stretches across the land? Where is the life my father's love? Where is my white friend, old Burt Burnett? I yearn to feel the cool breeze on my skin. What is this road that winds like a snake? Where does it go? When does it end? The ghost of Quanah Parker is restless tonight. He searches for Natadai's mother, Cynthia Ann. He drifts through Paladura Canyon like smoke on the wind. And he is Lord of the Plains once again. Ride the wind, Masasuta. The Quahati will never come this way again. Ride the wind, Masasuta. Quahati will never come this way again. That's so powerful. Alan Chapman, Quanah's Ghost. He's just an amazing singer-songwriter, isn't he? <laughs> pretty, pretty amazing. Um, Phyllis, I have a couple of questions. First off, your website is just fantastic, by the way. Um, if you, you couldn't go to your website and not want to book something for sure, um, would you just take a moment and tell us about like what you offer for horseback riding and and um, do you need to know how to um, to ride a horse to take advantage of your horseback programs? Well, thank you, Bobby. Um, absolutely no. You do not know uh, need to know how to ride a horse to come out here. Um, our program is this. We will allow people to come out on our private ranch, which is on the rim of Paladuro Canyon, we will take people who know how to ride or don't, but everyone who comes out, they get an orientation and a lesson in how to ride a horse correctly. We have had people from all over the world, every country in the world has stepped foot on our ranch and learned how to ride or just um, continued their education on horseback riding. 
We uh, normally will go for several hours. We will go about four or five miles. We'll have a variety of terrain. We will tell them about the history of the land and the Comanches and Quanah Parker and Cynthia Ann and all of the uh, uh, great figures of the West that were just mentioned in that, uh, in that song. And um, we are number one rated. And our goal is to make sure that everyone who steps on the ranch and leaves the ranch has a greater connection with the horses, the land of Texas, and particularly our area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have Chuck Wagon. Of course, I'm always um, about the food. <laughs> so on, a web, on a website, I'm always looking for what are they serving there. Um, and so you offer private chuck wagon events. Oh, the pictures are fabulous. Um, do you want to hit a little bit on uh, what a, a visitor could expect at a chuck wagon event? Yes, ma'am. We, um, we have, as I said, on our ranch, we do various things. But one of our favorite, uh, favorite activities is our private chuck wagon events, and we will normally do it for as little as 25 people for up to 250 people. But we have a chuck wagon named Dorothy, and uh-huh. it's an 1880s wagon that was destroyed two years ago in a tornado that hit our ranch. I remember but, that. Uh, Yes, sir. One of the last, I think there's only a handful of chuck wagon builders anymore, um, renovated, took the pieces, the thousands of pieces of our Mm. chuck wagon from the ranch and up to three miles away and reconstructed this chuck wagon. And uh, he named her Dorothy. And because of the tornado, of course. But unfortunately, about two months after he finished the chuck wagon and they featured him in a magazine, he passed away. Oh, wow. So it was the last chuck wagon he ever did. But uh, people come out. We have a traditional uh, chuck wagon or, excuse me, a traditional Western meal. We do a um, cowboy beans. we have uh, beef brisket. We have cowgirl casserole. We have cowgirl desserts. Um, we do fresh fruit in season. Of course, the strongest coffee in the world. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I have a guitarist who plays during the uh, uh, during the chuck wagon meal. He is. Uh, he used to be my wrangler when I first started, and but he is a much, uh, he was a great wrangler, but he is an incredible guitarist and and uh, singer. And we bring our horses out and talk about the history of the West and, and uh, just have a grand old time. And mm-hmm. we have lots of tour groups come through every year, family reunions, private events like Gary's. We are honored to have Mary Kay uh, be singing for this special uh, event Gary and Mary Kay are bringing to us in October. And um, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to share the history 
and the customs and traditions of the West. Mm-hmm. Well, and the photos of the lodging at um, uh, the lodging at um, Paladura Canyon. Oh my goodness, that's right. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yes, yeah. Yes, ma'am. We partner with several. Uh, businesses around and Dove's Rest is one of the businesses that we partner with and they are right on the very edge of Paladuro Canyon so you know when individuals are coming this way you know I-40 is a great thoroughfare from the east to the west coast and we would love to have them stop by there you go. There you go. Bobby Bell, you might want to come join Nash West Adventures at the end of October. Just saying. Not that far from Albuquerque. I know. I know. Not I know. that far from Albuquerque. <laughs> well, we are so looking forward to coming out and joining you in October. And, again, uh, you can find out more about Nash West Adventures at uh, our website, equestrianlegacy.com. Net and just look at the menu bar and you'll find Nash West Adventures there. But Phyllis, give us your website and tell people how they can get in touch with you. My website is www.cowgirlsandcowboysinthewest. We are in the West. So cowgirlsandcowboysinthewest.com. All right. All right. So check them out. And, uh, you know, we have listeners all across the world, out in France and Germany and Australia. And I imagine some of these folks have been to see you in the past. But uh, if they haven't, come on out and have a great time. And uh, if you'd like to join us, we're taking 18 people uh, on this Nash West Adventures trip. And uh, that's going to fill up fast. So check us out and... and, uh, and be part of that deal as well. Well, Phyllis, you have been so much fun. Yes, ma'am. If you don't mind, please ask your listeners to go to our Facebook page, Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West, or our Instagram page. We were hacked about a year ago, and I had like, oh, 5,500 followers, and now I'm down to 600, and I'm trying to build that up. If you could right. help a cowgirl, I'd appreciate it. All right, guys, you heard her. Visit their mm-hmm. Facebook page and social media. It's Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West and uh, and, and also their website. And uh, Phyllis, look forward to seeing you in October. It's going to be so much fun. Absolutely. Bobby, right. thank you. And Gary, as always, thank you. it's a pleasure to talk to you guys and your listeners. All right. Thanks so much. We're going to close out this segment with Palo Duro Farewell. It's Andy Hedges and Andy Wilkinson, and uh, we'll be right back on Saddle of America. Thanks, Phyllis. Thank you. Sold out, and it's time. out in my desk and it's all packed away no man is ever too old to start over but I feel like an old man today I've said goodbye 
to my partner. Goodbye to the cowhands who work the J.A. Molly, you're ready, but give me a moment. I've just one goodbye left to say. Goodbye to my paladuro. Goodbye to your ranges that I love so true. Goodbye to your river, your bright painted canyons. I'll never do better than you. I'll never do better. You just want to laugh. I mean, you just want to hang out with her and laugh. Yeah. 
my gosh. Well, it was great to have her on. And then, of course, it was fun to visit with Phyllis. And it's been longer than 2019 since Phyllis was on the show. Mm -hmm. I think so. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was great to catch up with her. Cowgirls and Cowboys in the West. And uh, check out her website. And as she said, please go and find her on social media and like her pages and and, uh, check things out. If you can, join us on Nash West Adventures. And we'll be headed out there the the first weekend in October and uh, visiting uh, Amarillo uh, Canyon, Texas. And that's where the uh, Panhandle Plains Museum is. We'll be staying in Canyon at the Hampton Inn there. We'll be visiting the Barzi Winery, and uh, we'll be sharing music and uh, then then, uh, a lot of free time to go out and visit different places. But then we will spend time riding on Phyllis's 1,000-acre ranch on her fabulous quarter horses. And, uh, Bobby, I'm looking forward to that chuck wagon dinner. We're gonna have. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. and You'll then. Have a big uh, appetite after a day. In yes, the ma'am. After three hours in the saddle, there'll be some sore, sore butts, I imagine, as well as uh, hungry <laughs> appetites. But then we'll have a concert by Mary Kay and Tisha Hedden, and that's going to be fun right there at the ranch. So, visit our website, EquestrianLegacy.net. Look at Nash West Adventures. And that's our first trip, and uh, we have another one that's being planned as we speak, so we'll be announcing that shortly. Uh, Anyway, it was a lot of fun today. Always, always a lot of fun to have you joining us on these shows. And uh, you stay so stinking busy yourself. You know, you've got your (laughs) Out West Hour, and you've got Rendezvous with a Writer, and you've got your store, Out West Shops. Uh, so what's going on with you? Well, let's see. Tonight is Rendezvous with a Writer at 6 o'clock Pacific Time, latalkradio.com. And our guest is a returning author, award-winning author, Randy Samuelson-Brown. She's out of Colorado, and we'll be talking about her newest book, On the Fringes, A Clairvoyant, A Mining Swindle, and A Fresh Start. It's a really, really great read, and we're very excited to have her with us tonight. Uh, This Saturday, the Out West Hour, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, or you can catch it streaming or on the archive at KUPR.org is the Out West Hour, and the theme is A Chuckle and a Giggle. And it's all uh, music and poetry to bring a smile um, to your face and lighten your heart. And, of course, the other big project we're working on is the Buckaroo Bookshop at the Santa Clarita Cowboy Festival. We return after a three-year hiatus due to that nasty old pandemic. We are back. The lineup of performers for the festival is fantastic, including Dave Stamey and Kristen Harris and um, many folks that you know um, that you know really well, Gary, that will be there performing. We will be hosting 13 authors in our Buckaroo Bookshop booth, and we will also be hosting uh, live presentations at the nearby Old Town New Hall Library, where many of our participants will either have one-person presentations or panel discussions. So we've got 13 authors coming, and that's all finally nailed down. I'll I'll start to do some Facebook um, announcements and things, but... um, 
we're excited to be to be uh, running that venue again and honored that the city of Santa Clarita would invite us back. So that's yeah, that's cool. just a few things we're working on. Yeah. Yeah, you're just a little bit busy. You're just a little bit busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good to be busy. And uh, one of the busy things that I'm doing now is we have a new show called Live from Nashville. And Mary Kay, my wife, co-hosts that show with me. And that is aired Saturday at noon Central Standard Time at equestrianlegacy.net. And you can listen to it on Spotify and iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And our guest this Saturday is Templeton Thompson, an old friend from the Campfire Cafe. But Tempe will be with us. And then Bill DeLuigi, who is a uber-talented songwriter and very much into band here in Nashville, but he's also a great performer as well. So uh, Bill DeLuigi and Templeton Thompson Saturday at live on live from Nashville. And then next week on the Campfire Cafe, we have Belinda Gale and Teresa Burleson join us. And on Saddle Up America, Jackie Turnbull is going to be with us. And we're going to be talking about the Great American Horse Sale that's taking place in just a couple of weeks. So a lot of great entertainment on Equestrian Legacy Radio Network and uh, great, great information as well. Bobby, any kind of closing thoughts today? Oh, I do have one. Let me flip open here. So, you know, St. Patty's Day is uh, tomorrow. And so I thought this would, I would go looking for an Irish proverb. So here it is. May neighbors respect you, trouble neglect you, the angels protect you, and heaven accept you. All right. Well, we will be celebrating tomorrow on St. Patrick's Day here at my house because my mama is Scott Irish, so I guess I'm a little bit Irish in there. And uh, we'll be celebrating St. Patty's Day as well. But anyway, thank you all for listening. And we invite you to join us for all of our shows on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. You can find them all at equestrianlegacy.net. And, uh, Bobby, we're going to close this one with a song from Belinda Gale. It's called Apache Rose. And we will see you next Thursday on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle of America. Thanks for listening.
Reservation with 